Welcome, everybody, to Let's Go Up, podcast edition. Are you ready for this? I think so. All right. We are going to explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're your hosts, Dean Martz. And Kratos Townsend. Yes. This is episode number one. So this this one is called... Say what? I don't know why you don't want to say it. I can't even match that. I'm not even going to try it. Just say it. What? There you go. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Before we go any further... We're going to tell you how you can find us. Easiest way to find us is to go on our website, letsgoup.us. All one word, letsgoup.us. So on our website, all kinds of interesting things. There's a button you can watch or listen. All of our social stuff is connected there. Nice. And also YouTube, because we are doing video. Wow. Even though not many podcasts do video. But we're doing video. We are. (laughs) All right, so, Kiritas, Dean, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Ball rolling there with that easy question. <laughs> yeah, all right. Including well, your name. Including my name. The correct way to say my name is Caritas. You know, Caritas. Ah. And the more Caritas, Caritas, depending on your mood, really changes how the name comes out. Caritas, Caritas. But here... We typically hear Kritas, Kritas, KK, because my last name used to begin with a K as well. Kritas, okay. um, Kritas. It really doesn't matter how you say it, how you don't say it. Points for creativity. Yeah, points for creativity. Yeah. People don't have a hard time in Iceland with its name, okay? I'm telling you, this is purely a Canadian thing. <laughs> so you were born in Iceland? Yeah. Just spent a few years there in my childhood before moving to the glorious Pacific Northwest of Canada here. But um, yeah, I grew up in Iceland for a few years on a little cluster of islands called the uh, Westman Islands or Vestmanair. Is it true that in Iceland, like in my mind, when I think of Iceland, I think of like, like dark all the time or light all the time and like going to the gym <laughs> all the time. CrossFit, baby. You are either, you either CrossFit or you nap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty cool place, you know. I just remember going out in a zodiac in the ocean and caves. Um, my uncle would bring a saxophone and be playing music inside saxophone. the caves. Oh yeah, the saxophone in an ocean cave. So you get that reverberation. Oh, oh baby, and with all the seabirds joining in the chorus, it was quite. Ex- I can hear it already. <laughs> quite it incredible. Sounds, it sounds chaotic, actually, in my head. Chaotic. Yeah. But mind you, there were many children in the Zodiac, so that could have contributed to the okay. chaos. <laughs> Who were just preoccupied with scooping jellyfish out of the water. So I can only imagine how bizarre that would look. <laughs> this was before tourists came to Iceland, Uh-oh. so nobody saw this stuff. <laughs> uh, memories. Memories of Iceland. Hmm. I wasn't there very long. You moved here when you were? Just before kindergarten. I've spent most of my life in Canada, yeah. I've. Five, yeah. six years old. It was a blur, a kindergarten-y blur, <laughs> but uh, very windy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, glorious wind all the time, it seemed, in my memory. Um, we, I remember we would catch puffins every year. Puffins. Baby puffins would fall from the cliffs and they'd go on the roads and be at risk of getting run over or eaten by all the predators in Iceland, you know, <laughs> cats or whatever. <laughs> So save the puffins. So you save the puffins. It's a real thing. Oh, it, you keep them in a box for a little while until they grow strong enough to fly, and then all the kids go to the sea and release the puffins every year. 
So that That's was fascinating. Cool. It's yeah, very very cool. So yeah, I uh, also remember the strangeness of living at the base of an active volcano which most recently erupted in the 70s, bearing part of the town. But, you know, don't move. Let's stay here. <laughs> we humans have a tendency to do that. We do. We live on the edge of danger. River of lava flowing in front of your house. Why not? Raining ash. It just yeah. keeps, keeps life interesting. <laughs> and here, you know, mega fault lines. But, yeah, we, we can't run away from everything, no, right? No, Yeah. You face the danger. You face it head on, you know, that strong Viking blood just... <laughs> Yeah. It's in it's in all of us a little bit. <laughs> what about you, Dean? Speaking of cold, long winters, tell me about this gospel track collection you had as a child. Is this a thing? Is or is I, this just a rumor? It's not a rumor. It's true. Okay. Is this so, a prairie kid thing? No, it was just a me <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's because I got an allowance. Okay, so my allowance would be like ten dollars a month. So I would take my $1, my tithe, put it in a pile. And then with my other $9, I would order gospel tracts wow. through the mail so I could give them out to my friends. Look at you, Dean. <laughs> is that not the geekiest thing you've heard? In that, is the most, that is amazing. That is not geeky. Come on. Okay, so yeah, there's just little tiny books and they just tell the story of Jesus. And That's awesome. I would give them out to whoever wow. I... I always kept three or four of them with me in my mm. pocket. All true. How old were you? Ten. Oh, man. You just had this heart, hey? Heart for Jesus. A heart for Jesus. And win the world. <sighs> it's beautiful, actually. <laughs> wow. I can't remember what I was doing when I was ten, but I don't think I was buying gospel tracts. I don't think any other kid was buying gospel tracts, <laughs> except for me. <laughs> wow. No wonder Jesus loves you in such a special way. <laughs> I do remember we had a an evolution class, and uh, the teacher was talking about, you know, us progressing from monkeys or whatever, mm -hmm. and I bought a whole, the entire class, this one particular tract that talked about evolution, and I gave them out to everybody. <laughs> in fact, I don't know, actually, I had to do a speech. Um, we Each of us in that class had to do a speech on evolution, and I did a speech on creation, and I gave a tract out to everybody in my class. Oh, look at you go. Well, you know, that's a complete, full-rounded education, you know, not not just one side of the story. Right. They got both sides. <laughs> they got every the, the one side from everybody else, and they got this creation side from me. Yeah. Hey, you never know what seed that might have planted in someone, right? Who knows? Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Say what? Say what? <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Being like that, you sound like you were a pretty unique type of child. Did you find that that was difficult in a small community with Yeah, with like full of hockey players. Yeah. that's what we were famous for in Troshu, Alberta. Yeah. So I assume the gospel tracks didn't go over super well No. time. No. I was beat up a lot. Like I, I was bullied mercilessly <laughs> hmm. um, throughout my entire upbringing. I, and when you hand out tracks, I mean, you got to admit you're your, you're your own worst enemy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember though something else. I remember developing this strange fascination for heaven and for the kingdom of God. I would go through my Bible and I would highlight all of those verses that had to do with heaven or the kingdom of God. Wow. I became fascinated with heaven in particular. Hmm. And I was thinking about that 
just a few months ago, actually, and the scripture verse came to me. I'm just going to, Matthew 5, 10, and 11. This is random, but blessed are they who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you're insulted, persecuted, and falsely accused because of me. Rejoice and be glad because your reward is great in heaven. So the reward of persecution is the kingdom of heaven and finding your reward in heaven. And I, I think even as a kid, you know, God was looking down on the playground, you know, of my school and all of the stuff that I went through. And he was just, he was marking me for this remarkable life hmm. and calling me up even back then. And uh, it's just something that, who, who knew? Who knew what was really going on, right? You know what's happening, but you don't understand what's happening in your heart yep. and what's happening to your life and what the Father is setting you up for. Wow. Even as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an encouraging word right there. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I recall you telling me something really funny as you were growing up. You told me about how you thought that Jesus was a good deal for the animals somehow. <laughs> what was that all about? Oh, you're going to bring that up, yeah? Yes, I'm bringing it up. <laughs> okay. In my limited understanding, growing up, I remember I always I always believed in God. I always had this faith in God. Just always did. Like I was yeah. just sure so and you confident knew. and comfortable with yeah. him. But um, I didn't know him like I could know him. I didn't have a relationship like I, like I could have a relationship. I tried reading the Bible a few times growing up in my teen years. I think I read the first couple pages of Matthew, which is not the easiest place to start, but I didn't know that. I don't know, maybe 30 times, and it's just like, I can't do this. I don't understand. And so <laughs> my idea, how I understood it was, okay, Jesus came and died for my sins. He, God loves me. Be good. Here's some Ten Commandments. Obey them as best as you can. Try to get to heaven with as little mistakes as possible, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's Logical. kind of That's, how I was thinking. Right? So then I would think, okay, so you've got this new new testament here, this new life of Jesus, and then there's this these old this old life with the Israelites. Let's say so they. This is the animal confusion for me. Okay. Look at the parallel, right? Okay, do good, try to be good, avoid evil. Them us, mess up. Them us, sacrifice some animals. Them, you're okay, snowball. Us, like. <laughs> You're safe. The animals repent. are safe. The animals Jesus. are safe with us. And then repent, repent, forgiven, forgiven. Rinse and repeat. Here we go again. Try to be really good, not to mess up. Oh, no, I messed up. Okay. So basically, everything's the same. Everything was the same to, except, to my understanding, except the we don't sacrifice animals. So I thought that was a really good deal. Like, animals must love Easter. Like, Jesus hello. did it for the animals. Maybe this is where the bunny comes in to Easter. It's like the pure white rabbit without, Maybe. you know, like, yes. <laughs> so that was kind of my... My understanding in both scenarios, God loved us. In both scenarios, He'd forgive you. Like, he, you would, you'd be forgiven if you had a good enough little animal to. Sacrifice. So, where did you go from that to kind of where you are <laughs> to today? Where I am now. There's a big um, gap. Yeah, there's a big gap. So I kind of went along. I wasn't buying gospel tracks, but you know, my name maybe maybe that was a sign. It means God's love. It means really charity, giving charity. without re okay. receiving back. So my parents always said, your name means God's love. I don't know if that meant, like, be nicer. <laughs> so there's something that we could say is that even though you didn't maybe have that awareness of 
that close relationship with with God or with Jesus, still you're carrying a name. Yeah. And I did not like from birth. I did not like my name most of my childhood, right? Because it's it was the name for the kid that didn't like the attention in class. Like it was always the name that drew the attention, and it was like, oh, why couldn't I just be like a Sarah or a Diana? My one sister, who's born in Canada, got the easy name. The other ones were a little harder. We got Sigurlina oh. and Berklind, you know. So then Diana just rolls off the tongue like this beautiful melody. But now, you know, in hindsight, I see the beauty in the mm-hmm. meaning of the name even. Yeah. And I kind of like making people, seeing them squirm a little bit with the name now. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Um, unless it's pronounced with the carrot as the accentuation. Caritas. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be the fave. But okay. um, yeah, so I kind of was just living my life. I believed in God, but didn't really think beyond that. Prayed to him once in a while if something was coming up or I was scared or nervous or big exam coming up or... Someone's sick and... That's always the thing, an exam. <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> oh, God, help me. Especially when it counts for like 40% of your final grade. You're like, yeah! So anyhow, you know, but he he would show up in these ways that I always felt like, man, I don't deserve that. Like, I've been ignoring you for years. But I was busy in my early 20s, university, getting a degree, got married, had a couple kids, um, started working, and... Then about my mid-20s, just out of nowhere, it just, something like almost ignited. But it didn't ignite because there was like already a flame in me. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't really. Jesus said, you know, a a dimly burning wick I will not put out. Yeah. So I was. He he breathes on those things. I was a dimly, (laughs) dimly witted? No, dimly litted (laughs) wick. (laughs) You're smoldering. I was a little smoldering wick. And, and then blew on it. And it blew on it. Yeah. Right. And it just ignited. It to life. And I just suddenly just had this hunger for no reason that I could think of, just hunger to know him. And it just reminded me of when you're busy and you forget to eat or drink for a while and you're doing this stuff and whatever you're working or you're exercising. And then suddenly the hunger kicks in and the thirst. And five seconds ago, you didn't even notice that you were dehydrated or hungry, but now that's all you can think about. That's the, I need to get a drink. I need to eat something. Like, mm-hmm. and so that started to shift uh, my behavior, and it reminded me a lot of um, in Jeremiah, in the Message translation, mm-hmm. he says it um, so well here. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Mm-hmm. When you get serious about finding me. And you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Dean, I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> so anyhow, in the seeking, I start I went to like this um, Bible study group, not really it's more of a community women's group, but I, I went because I was like, I need I want to get in the word. you do studies, you like look into this. Mm-hmm. And so I was just hungry. And God brought a couple people along my path a few of the times. you were one of them. Who were just don't even want to know. Out, out of the box. Who every time you talked, it was say what? Is this real? But you just had this like peace and this joy and this confidence and this comfortableness. Like you were in relationship with him, like intimate with him, like you had encountered him. And 
it wasn't forced and it wasn't memorized scripture. It was just your life. And I'd never seen anything like that. And it was just, and uh, you know, um, the woman Renata, this Renata, other woman we yes. know, she would come up to me and say these things to me that were just so profound to me. And you've got a cricket sound there. That's literally what would be going on in my head after she spoke to me because it was just like so over my head, just like when you talk to me. <laughs> but it got me so encouraged and hungrier because I was like, okay, there's more to this than Snowball being okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's more than the animals not being... The he wouldn't just give his son for things to look so similar. It's not just about being good until I get to heaven one day. Okay, make it by the skin of my teeth. Like, sure, you can you can live that way and that's great. And we'll all see you there and we'll all be happy, but there's more. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was and I didn't understand it, but I saw there's this path someone's on and I'm not on it. It's like the narrow path. Like, it's so like easy to walk on that. Like, that looks so... It's funny that... That verse that you just referenced, it says, wide is the path to destruction, and there's many people on it, but the path to, to life is narrow, and few find it. Yeah. I think of that oftentimes. Jesus actually mm -hmm. wasn't talking to non-churched, unsaved people. He was talking to his disciples when he said that. Yeah. And there's such a narrow path of life. Yeah. That way that of living where you're connected to him and when you see people who are on it they seem strange it's unusual like yeah. that's not that's not what everyone else that's not what that's not what we do that that was a huge shift in my life and another major shift in my walk with the lord was um when i decided to just choose to believe him hmm. the simple truth like regardless of what i was seeing regardless of what i was experiencing regardless of what i was hearing to just believe him, you know, whatever he says, like it changed everything. And it brought me into this place of, um, where I was like hungry and seeking him. It brought me into this place of rest with him where it was just easy and light. And it was just like, you say I'm free. So I'm free, but I don't feel free. It didn't matter what I felt. You say I'm healed. So I'm healed, mm, but your son's still sick. It doesn't matter. This is what he's saying. And I'm going to choose to believe him. He says, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. So let's go up. So let's go up. Let's just believe it. Like we don't have to force ourselves to understand it or feel like, well, I'm not good enough to think that be that way or think that way or I'm not smart enough. Just believe him. He says you're free from sin. He says you're dead to it mm -hmm. and you're alive to righteousness. Oh, I don't know. I mess up. Like it doesn't, none of that other stuff matters. Like I was just like, I'm just going to believe you. You said that I can like, live completely harmless and blameless in a crooked and perverse world. That sounds like, say what? Mm -hmm. But I'm, I just was like, I'm just going to believe you. I don't have to conform to the, the ways this world is or the path that, mm -hmm. that, that I'm told to walk on, that I can trust you and that you love us and that everything you say about us is true regardless of what. Yeah, it's like, is he really that good? Is he really how, that good? How good is he? Yeah, that circumstances don't have to have an effect on my demeanor or my joy or my peace or who I am. Mm -hmm. Just believing it yeah. without having to see it. Like that 
Like you can't even please God without faith, it says in Hebrews. Like you just just believing him is a huge Yeah, that's where it all starts. Yeah. And it and it just brought me into this place where it was just easy and light. Mm-hmm. Peace came. Even when my life wasn't peaceful. <laughs> you know, it was some challenging seasons, like really, really difficult things. And yet just felt like. Now that's one thing that um, I, I hear a lot of people, like when they talk about you, they're like, yeah, Caritas and Nathan, you know, they're, they're so happy all the time. And, and, and that sometimes they're almost like sarcastic about it. Oh yes. It's a coping mechanism. <laughs> no. But I've known you for quite a, quite a few years now and it's definitely not made up it's no. not put on you know it it's the yahoo of yahweh <laughs> okay <laughs> too cheesy you you said that you were a nerd secretly i'm a nerd actually secretly publicly i'm a nerd <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah you know it's it's not denial when you're in relationship with him it's just i don't know you're just you just see like it was the joy set before him that he went to that cross like him in us is what got him through the worst case scenario imaginable that would be our worst nightmare, the joy set before him. Mm-hmm. And his joy is our strength. So I just like, I don't know, that just blows my mind. Him in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory is our strength. And that's right there, that question that I used to be so afraid of, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope you profess. Right there. Like, it's just... And that's why I have the most joyful podcast (laughs) co-host on the entire planet. Yeah. (laughs) Right here. Yeah. Well, joy is who God is, right? It is. And And it's a second fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. Yeah. And when we pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, I think heaven's pretty joyful. Like, your kingdom, this is a joyful kingdom. Heaven is a joyful place. And we're calling for it down here. And so it should be normal for a believer to live in joy. Mm-hmm. And joy is irrelevant. It's irrelevant what goes on around us mm-hmm. to how joyful we can be. Yeah. And joy, and joy is also not the same as happiness. They're, they're connected. Yeah. But joy is like an inner mm-hmm. well that bubbles up yeah. in you. Yeah. It's definitely um, hard to explain sometimes. You just need to you experience it in him. And um, one of the scriptures that really always stood out to me in Colossians, we've been raised with Christ. Mm -hmm. So let us seek those things which are above. Here we go. We're above again. Let's go up. Let us seek those things which are above where he is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I don't ever want to limit that. Like what that. I don't want to not take that literally. Yeah. <laughs> like when I hear a scripture like that, I'm like, let's not relegate that to the future. Let's do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> it says you already you, died. You are. Yeah. You have died. You okay. are seated. So let me ask you a question then. When do you go to heaven? Whoa. Whoa. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hmm. Most that sounds people, like it's reachable. Most people say, well, you would go to heaven when you die. 
-hmm. The scripture says you've already died. Hmm. And your life is now hidden in him. Yeah. Set your mind on those things above. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So we're going to keep looking up. Yeah. All the time, every week. I can't remember where I heard it, but I'd heard um, if you go to heaven when you die, if that's what you're aiming for, then death is your savior. Death is your savior. Yeah. You got your faith in death. Yeah. Not Christ. Why not go now? Who says... Because you're already dead. You've died with him. You've been buried with him. That's right. You rise with him. Yeah. And then it talks about all the fullness of God. Mm -hmm. Like all these things. I'm like, okay, I just believe you. And I don't. you don't have to fake it. You don't have to pretend to understand it. Like, yeah, huh, I'm, in, I'm in heaven. Like you don't have to fake it. You just don't mm-hmm. have this... You know, before my husband was a believer, God was so fake to him that it was like the tooth fairy to him. No offense to anybody who still believes in the tooth fairy. It might, it might be a thing. Just side note there. <laughs> but he wouldn't even debate with you because it was like he would never debate with someone about the tooth fairy. So why would he debate with someone about something oh, as unreal as God? Right. And I remember just telling him one day, like, you don't have to try because he said, I hope you're not expecting me to believe in God one day when he started to notice my hunger growing for the Lord. Cause we married before I was like seeking the Lord or anything. But when he noticed my hunger and I was starting to like go to church and <laughs> he was like, I hope you're not like expecting me to believe in God one day. Cause I don't want to let you down. I won't. And he was being genuine, but I was like, yeah, no, but secretly behind the scenes, prayer petition. <laughs> But I was like, you know, you don't have to try to believe in God, Nathan. Just stop trying not to. Just have an open heart. And he's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It's like you have this book and you don't have to fill in the next page. Just leave it blank. Don't believe, but don't not believe. Yeah. And I feel like that in my own walk with God a lot. Like I don't have to understand some of this stuff, but I don't need to fill in that page. And I don't. I don't need to have it pre-written by the way it always is and the way it's always been talked about. I can leave it blank and I can be childlike and willing to let him reveal things differently or to even deconstruct everything I've thought I knew and put it back together completely different. I think you talked to me about that once. Like God will the wonder. Yeah. So I just want the wonder. I want the mystery, the mysterion. What is that? Yeah. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, yeah. right? Like just keep it wild and free. Mm-hmm. And I think God's a lot bigger and a lot, a lot more exciting and adventurous and wonderful than we can imagine. There's no question about that. He's he's on another level. We have no clue how creative and spontaneous and um, full of variety. Yeah, good we, word. <laughs> we, we, we as humans, we like this tradition. We like to stay in one place. Mm-hmm. But God, like at the base of volcanoes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But God, here's a God that made no two snowflakes the same. Say what? <laughs> too Quat- soon. Quatrillion stars out there. Every single one of them has a slightly different light signature. Yeah. No two of them the same. I mean, this is not a God who has to hear the same hymn every Sunday. Sing to me a new song, Dean. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's exciting, you know, to have a limitless God. Limitless, yeah. And to not put limits on something in a world of limits, where limits are normal, boundaries are normal. Like to change normal, to change what we think is normal. Not only is he limitless, but he has put his entire fullness inside of us. Yeah. Like, we are in him. He's in us. It's like all of scripture squeezed into one drop. Yeah. I am in the Father, and you are in me. Yeah. And I am in you. Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, believing it. It's It's not complicated. It's not stressful. There's no, like, work and effort and striving. And he says, come to me. And one thing that sticks with me, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. But he doesn't say, then go and then come back and then mm -hmm. go. And it's just like, come to me. Come and stay. Stay. Abide. Yeah. And this past year is so vast. We'll be moving all over the place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so ever since I've known you, you've always had um, a very out of the box way of thinking about God in particular, I'd say. Where did that start? And how did you end up where you are today? My father was a very out-of-the-box thinker as well. Okay. Every time something would would come along, like a new a new move of God, yep. my parents were always the first ones to the front of the line. Okay, wow. Yeah. So our town was a very small Baptist, traditional Baptist little town. Um, but I remember my parents going into the city for a series of meetings, and they came back home speaking in tongues. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, that did Say not... Say what? <laughs> that did not go over so well in our tiny little town. No. You know, um, the Martzes had demons. Hmm. That's what everybody said, the rumor. Small little towns are, are vicious for rumors. They're so vicious. Everybody knows everything. Okay, yeah. N and news. once you're labeled, that's it! Once you're labeled, that's it. Yeah. But I watched my parents, and in particular my dad, you know, he would navigate those things. And and it didn't matter what people did. It didn't matter what people said. He was always like, no, we, we stay current. What God is doing, we move with him. When the cloud moves, we move. Mm. He didn't have a lot of patience for tradition and stuff that, that made you stay in one place. He always wanted to move forward. So that's where my bent came from, of always wanting to be on the front line of what God is doing. I don't have a lot of room in my life for, for sitting back and just watching. I want to be at the front. I want to be right there. And I find that what God does, oftentimes, like God is a very in-the-moment God. Our past is gone. We can't get it back. And we don't know what our future is going to be but we have this moment. I honestly don't believe that a particular revival, let's say something like the Reformation, it happened 500 years ago. Just a few years ago, we had the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Mm. I don't believe that God intended that to be something that denominations would spend the rest of their time defending. I believe that God had a word in the moment. Mm. He was trying to say something then. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to say something and then he wanted to grow and he wanted to bring people forward. 
what we tend to do as humans is we want to hold on to that mm. and we want to take it and we want to make it into like a movement and then and then it becomes a monument. Yeah, hey, whoa, let's build some tents up here on the mountain. Yes. Right? Like <laughs> let's stay here. Let's park here. Yeah. Let's defend this. And then we have to defend it. Mm-hmm. And uh and God God is long gone. He's gone off. He's moved. It's like grass. If you have a group of sheep and they eat the same grass every single day for a year in and year out, that patch of grass will die. You have to keep moving to different mm different spots, right? It's like pasture land. Yeah. It's vast. It's vast, yeah. Yeah. Never need to get too comfortable in one spot. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So those are some of the reasons why I have this this mind that just wants to stay on the yeah. edge. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's amazing. Okay. Now, tell me. Yes. This might be completely unrelated. Okay. But it may be completely related. I don't know how you can tie things together, Dean, but... There's been a pineapple, and there were some stairs, oh. and something happened. That uh, was when I was five. You tell me this, because I feel like this isn't coincidence that this is a part of your life, and that this is where you are right now. It's because I love pineapple. <laughs> okay, tell me this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we used to have a milkman, but we had a fruit man, and he would come with a fruit truck. Okay. And because I loved pineapple, I would always beg my mother to buy a pineapple. But one time she did. And so then I begged her to let me carry the pineapple down the stairs to our fruit cellar. It's a stairway of about 10 or 12 wooden steps going down to our basement. And she was like, no, you can't carry that down. But I begged. And so she warned me, okay, but do not drop the pineapple. Oh, she said it. She warned me within an inch of my life. (laughs) So I very carefully started down the stairs. Two steps down, I tripped, oh, fell, boop, 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 all the way to the bottom, got a concussion. I was, what? I was messed Dina. up. This is a long stairway. <laughs> My mother came running down the stairs and I was crying and she was like, Dean, are you okay? And all I could say was, mom, I didn't drop Oh my pineapple. goodness. <laughs> there it was, safe. <laughs> Your poor mom was Just like, like a football. Oh my like, baby. It's called sacrifice your body for the pineapple. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I see that. This, so I don't know if that had anything to do with what we were talking this about. This love that you had for people, for pineapples, you know, for the kingdom. It's been your whole life. That's like five. That's kind of the earliest memories that's most like a, people have. That's a tough tie-in from the love of God no, to love for pineapple. Look at you sacrificing your life. For, for the your, pineapple. You know, your yes, you let your yes be yes. Yes, <laughs> mom, I will not drop this. No, I didn't drop it. Wow. Didn't even bruise it. <laughs> I was bruised. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Dean. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and your mom, your mom was uh, careful with her wording from then on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing how literal you probably took everything. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. Dean. Hmm. So, Dean. Yes. Tell me about the mystical side of your life. Did you always know it was there? Um, when did you discover it? And was there a time of development or did it just happen? Mm. Well, like I told you, as a kid, I always had a fascination for the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. and a love for heaven. Yeah. So that stayed with me all my life, but I never really 
knew much about it. I was just interested in it. Mm-hmm. But there was a time maybe 15 or 20 years ago when I had a real awakening of worship. And it was a period of time for almost five years where I would take my guitar into a quiet room and I would worship every day for a couple of hours, sing, make up songs. Mm. And I really, I learned during that time what the presence of God was. And in that place, things started to happen to me. My eyes started to be open to worlds that I never knew existed. And it would happen sometimes during the day, sometimes at night when I was dreaming. Mm. These strange things. I'd all of a sudden be somewhere and I'd look around and I'd say, this doesn't look like Earth. <laughs> I say, what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so the more I worshipped and the closer I drew to the Father, the more I leaned into his love, it was almost like he just opened my eyes mm. wider and wider to this world, this place. And I fell in love with it. Somebody asked me a couple of months ago to describe to them my definition of the concept of the kingdom of heaven. And my answer to that is that heaven is not a concept. The kingdom of heaven is not a concept. It's a place. Just like the kingdom of England is a place, the kingdom of heaven is a place. It's where God lives. (laughs) God has his throne there. You can read about it. And when God said, let there be light, it started this chain reaction and this creation began that evidently is still expanding. Yes. Goes on and on, on ever expanding universe. Yeah. Wow. It's an ever expanding kingdom because it says the expansion of his kingdom will know no end. Mm. And so the earth is kind of a a rogue planet. We kind of tried to break away from that kingdom. Yeah. But eventually it says that the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our God. But even now, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. It's as close as our hand. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is within you. Mm. And so I started having this hunger to see into this world. And I started finding scriptures all over the place that talked about seeing. And they were very common scriptures, things that I had read hundreds of times. Isn't that funny, hey, how that happens? Yeah. You can see it hundreds of times and then suddenly you see it. Yeah. Like this one, Jesus said uh, to Nicodemus, he said, unless a person is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. All right, so. <laughs> Did you reward, catch that, Nicodemus? <laughs> the reward for being born again is to be able to see wow. the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Right? And then he said, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So if the kingdom of heaven is a place and I'm born again, evidently I can see it and I can enter it. So does that mean I can go to heaven? These are the kind of thoughts that started coming yeah. to me. Wow. Yeah, that reminds me a lot of the scripture where it tells us that we're, the, we're ambassadors of the kingdom. Yeah. I don't know how you could do that job if you didn't know the kingdom you're from. If you've never experienced your kingdom, how can you represent it? Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, you, you get, you're getting us thinking here, Dean. Jesus said one other thing. He said, I am the door to the sheep. If anyone enters through me, he will go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus is the door. We can go in 
and we can go out. So we can go in yeah. and out, back and forth between these two worlds. We what? can go. We wow. can go to heaven. We can. We can be here on earth. We can be both places at the same time, because we're we're a dual dimensional being. Mm. Our body is made from elements of this earth, but our spirit was born from eternity. It says in Ecclesiastes yeah. that he has placed eternity in our heart. Yeah. So our spirit is from eternity and our body is from earth. And so we have this multi-dimensional part to us. Yeah. So all we need to do is find the eternal part. Yeah, we're seated with him. In heavenly places. No, we will be seated with him. We are seated with him in heavenly places. We're in Christ and Christ is in us. So we're in him, he's in us. Jesus said that you would be one like Father and I are one. So it, this is all about union. Yeah. This is all about us and him, him and us, this back and forth between this world and that world. Heaven is just under the surface of our skin. <laughs> we have worlds inside of us. Wow. The entire universe is inside of us because we have eternity inside of us. Mm. So that's wild. I don't know how I could let like a fender bender get get to me now. <laughs> Why aren't you upset about this? Uh, I have the eternity inside of me. <laughs> this is nothing. The Bible calls it ascending, mm, ascending, ascending to heavenly places. Yeah, Jesus talked about it. Yeah, he said, "The Son of Man is ascended and descended." Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a mystic, self-confessed. But that's just a fancy word for somebody who believes that they can go back and forth between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of heaven. And I just believe it when the Bible says it. And I've learned that it's not really that complicated. Yeah. And it's something that's supposed to be very natural to us. Mm. That's supposed to be as natural as breathing. Yeah, receive it like a child, you like know? A child. Like dad says it, and you're like, oh. Yep. It doesn't have to make sense for you to believe it right away, right? Yeah. Dad said it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's that's how it developed, and it took years. It didn't happen overnight. But I found that it's all about love. Mm. Yeah, the more you love something, the more you'll see. Yeah. The more you'll see it. If you love something long enough, eventually it will show you its secrets. Wow. Yes. And so I love eternity. I love the eternal God and the eternal home. And I love the fact that I don't have to wait. I can already go there now. That's awesome. So, wow. yeah. so a lot of this podcast, we're going to talk about that hmm. going up. Let's go up. Let's go up. That's exciting. Yeah. Limitless. Limitless. No limits. No limits. Wow. That is exciting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Dean. Tell me a little bit about um, your vision and your dream for this podcast? Well, there's a lot of people out there saying a lot of things, but I think what we want to do here, there's a, there's a scripture that I love, and it's, it's, a, it's in the very last book of the Bible. A person who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And it says that seven times because there's seven messages to seven churches. He repeats that over and over. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. The Father is always talking. And Jesus said, you know, I say what the Father says. I hear him 
and I repeat what he says. So I think what we want to do on this podcast is we really, we want to hear from heaven and we want to say what the Father is saying. And not only that, but right now the Father is saying some pretty incredible things. The message and the sound that's out there right now is full of mystery and it's full of wonder and it's full of union and full of love. The Father is speaking things that are, that are mind-blowing, but it's not really because it's so unusual. It's because we've actually, we've resisted going there. Mm. But he's, he's calling us forward. He's calling us into this, into this life where we are connected with heaven and where he's literally calling the church up right now. He's saying, come up here. And he's calling us up and he's calling us closer. And he's, he's saying, come, hmm. come to me. Just like you said, that same scripture. So this podcast, we want to talk about that. We want to talk about going up. We want to talk about interfacing and experiencing and encountering heaven, ascending and descending, uh, ascending into heavenly places, living from heavenly places. That's why we call it, let's go up. <laughs> Those are phrases that you'll get really used to hearing as you as you listen in from week to week. We've mm. got a lot of different things to talk about here. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Caritas, before we go, next week? Next week. They come by so quickly. They come by quick. So... Before we know it, we'll be here recording again. Mm-hmm. What are we going to talk about next time? It's called We're Going There. That is the title we chose. Mm-hmm. But what does it mean? Where is there? Where is there? We're going. Wherever it is, we're going. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to leave it? That's where we're going to leave it. All right. We're going there. Have a good week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.